Welcome back to another edition of the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham. Now, recently, Glenn and I did a phone interview with two-time Super Bowl champion Greg Scruggs. He talks about going from being a drummer in the high school band to a full scholarship athlete at the University of Louisville to a two-time Super Bowl champion. All right, Glenn. Yep. Every week, we're bringing in a special guest. We just keep on coming in. And another one like to bring in a Cincinnati native. All right. Attended St. X High School. Played football at Louisville. Okay. Beat my, beat my Bearcats a couple times. We'll talk about that later. Drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in 2012. Is a two-time Super Bowl champ. Okay. With the Seahawks and Patriots. like to bring in my man, Greg Scruggs. What's going on, Greg? Hey, you know why I'm here. Mm. <laughs> what's, mm. what's, what's been up, man? <laughs> Oh, nothing. Just trying to uh, try to navigate the world, man. It's just different trying to figure it out on the other side. But, you know, man, just being blessed, mates. Hey, just being blessed. That's all I got. I hear you. And I, I want to I tell a quick story. So back during your time with the Seahawks, I came out to Seattle, and I came to training camp. And you were, you were nice enough to uh, let me come out, come on the field, and one thing I'll never forget was, and, and, you, and you guys obviously had a, had a lot of personalities on the team. Uh, you had Russell Wilson, and, and you just, just personality after personality. But I'm telling you what, you and your personality shine brighter than anyone else. Do you remember you, you were doing the TV interviews right when training camp ended? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it's called Seahawks Saturday Night. Uh like get to know your teammates or something like that was the was the segment, man. And uh I really I wasn't supposed to do it. <laughs> uh-huh. They they uh they had um they had somebody else that was slated to do it and they asked me to step in one one time. It was just supposed to be a one time spot and the ratings I guess were, you know, were good enough to want me to come back. So I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And it, it was a hit all throughout the season. People people loved it, man. And I, I enjoyed it. It just, you know, I always try to pride myself on being a good teammate. So I always enjoy giving somebody else the spotlight. I didn't just pick, you know, I didn't just pick Russell or Doug. I picked Brock Coyle. I mean, he's now a starting linebacker in San Francisco. But at the time, Brock was just an undrafted rookie from – Montana, um, mm-hmm. and Jermaine Curse hadn't come on yet. So, you know, it was fun for me to be able to give other people the spotlight. Chris and Michael was, hadn't done anything yet. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. You know, it was a, it was, I'm a, yeah, I try to be a people person, man. No, you, you, you are know? that. You are that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, well, well uh, help our audience. Tell, tell them your story, which I think is, is so very unique. I mean, I could sit here and, and tell everybody it, but – I want you to kind of tell them from your time at the Boys and Her- Boys and Girls um, Hope all the way to mm-hmm. uh, your senior year at St. X, which I think is a, a great story. Yeah, well, um, grew up, born, as you say, born and raised in Cincinnati. Uh, grew up, spent like a little bit of my life in Mount Healthy, and then I spent like my middle-aged years, adolescent, preteen, teenage years, and between Northside and Wind Terrace. Um, and 
Uh, father was killed when I was eight years old, and my mom had my mom suddenly became the mom of single mom with four boys. Me, and my older brother, my two younger brothers, and then my father also had um, two more brothers that I had. So, um, you know, just just trying to make it like that. I, I tell people that when I talk about me, we grew up we grew up poor, and I had no idea. Um, just because my mother made it seem or made everything about our life seem like that was the best that it could get, mm-hmm. that there was nothing better. It made me appreciate everything we had. So um wasn't really into – I was into sports, but I couldn't afford to couldn't afford to play sports. My mom, you know, with, with her having a kid and being the only one, we couldn't really – we couldn't go back across – you know, she couldn't take me back and forth across town. Um, my brother played basketball, but she could only afford to pay for one of us to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Both of us weren't allowed to play. So Craig actually played for um, whatever the community team was for North Calatillo because my great-grandma lives in North Calatillo. Um, so, but so, but I did get in the march. I did get in the, the marching band. My right. brother was drums, um, right? In the, it, it, yeah, my brother was in the drumming, so I got in the drumming right behind him. We participated in the local band called Queen City Sound, and all we did was – uh, we would do local parades, whether um, it was the North Calatillo, um, there was like a, they had like a Columbus Day parade. It was something. It was a parade that they do in North Calatillo, and then every Memorial Day, uh, we did two or three parades. We were marching, and we were strictly a drum corps. Um, we had a couple horns every now and then, but for the most part, we were a drum corps, mm-hmm. like a show band type. Um, got into, uh, my mom found this program, Boys Hope, Girls Hope, um, that we, uh, that she assumed and that she tried to sell me would, would be better for me. Um, in the long run, you get into this program, you go live in this house with all these people that you have, you know, no idea who they are um, for a chance at a better life, for a chance at a better education, for a chance at a better opportunity mm-hmm. um, to, to be something. Got into the program, uh, went to St. Vivian for one year, um, was able to play basketball there, but still no football. Um, went to oh, and then went to St. Clair. Was able to play basketball, and then ended up uh, being fortunate enough to get into St. X. Got mm-hmm. into St. X, and um, was did the marching band there. I walked into the, the band director's office um, and said, "Hey, man, I don't know how to read music, but I know how to play drums. So, you know, can we make it happen? I don't know how this thing works. Can we work it out?" Ended up getting into the marching band there. That's how um, I got in this podcast. What's that? So that's how I got in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The unique thing about me and you is I was the only black person in the band. So um, <laughs> out of 200 people, um, and out of 200 people, I was the only black guy in the band, which was I stuck wow. out like a sore thumb. You have to see the pictures. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, and I think they put me right in the middle. Uh, but um, <laughs> so I ended, <laughs> ended up being in the marching band and played basketball my freshman year and, uh, you know, freshman through junior year. Um, was kind of a, a role player. I really didn't have uh, – I really wasn't – I, I could have played in college. I had enough of an upside to play small, like D2 schools, but um, – you know, just really didn't um, – I really didn't shine like that. Like, my game never really excelled the way I wanted to. Um, and then my senior year, uh, I said um, – I started I started to go to, fo- to football workouts my junior year, 
And I, I remember like yesterday, it was, it was an April, it was an April Friday afternoon. I was laying on my bed. I looked up. It was like a picture perfect sky. The leaves were green. They were blowing in the wind. I had my windows open. Sky was blue, a little bit of clouds in it. And I'm like, I'm about to go work out when I could be outside playing basketball or doing something else. So that was the extent of my football career. My junior year, I never went to another workout. Like I'm not wasting my time mm-hmm. going to a workout when it looks like this outside. And uh, my senior year, I said, man, I'm, I'm committed to, I want to go to college and I don't want my mom to pay a dime. And Coach Speck had harped on me probably since my sophomore year to play football, play football, play football. What am I going to get you? And I just never, it was never really my gig. I really wanted to do basketball. I really wanted to be a star in basketball. Um, that was like, that's what I really, really, you know, was yearning for. And, you know, as, as fate would have it, as God would have it, um, uh, I go out and I go to a camp. Uh, I don't even know if I told this side of the beach. I go to a camp. My um, before the senior year at Miami of Ohio, mm-hmm. I'm standing in the defensive line line, and I'm like, these dudes are ginormous. No way I'm playing with these dudes. I step over to the tight end line, and I go as a tight end. Right off the bat, my first year, Ohio State scout pulls me aside and goes, man, I don't have you on my paper anywhere. Where do you go to school? And I go to say next. I, you don't have me because I don't play football. So from that point on, you know, people are chattering, chattering, chattering. And uh, Coach Speck said, as long as you show, as long as you uh, show that you're not afraid to hit somebody, you'll get a scholarship. And man, you know, my first scholarship came from Miami of Ohio, Coach Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And after my third game, Coach Fulmer from Tennessee called me and offered me, and it was pretty much downhill from there. Yeah, so you, you forgot one part of, part of your story. You got to tell them who you played AAU for. AAU basketball. Yeah. So, so, so the unique thing about um, AAU basketball, um, I was supposed to go, or I was—I I didn't know anything about it. I was playing for a team called Raw, and the only reason I was playing for Raw was because they were for family friends. But um, I wanted to play, like I wanted to. I, you know, seeing, I'm seeing—I see some people playing for this um, this team called Shadow Star. And they, they had they had cool jerseys, right? They got to travel. And then I heard that some people were moving over to go play for the Shining Stars um, from D1 Greyhound. So, oh, they know uh, good. They're like, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I go down to – they're having tryouts at uh, Roger Bacon, I believe it was. Right. At the time. Um, they have a tryouts at Roger Bacon. I go down to Roger Bacon. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm really just trying to go run like an open gym type. Um, get to running, uh, I meet, meet Meech, and, um, you know, I, as, again, as fake would have it, uh, Meech had a spot for me. The mm-hmm. thing was, and most people, and a lot of people have to know this, um, is that I couldn't afford to, I couldn't afford to pay for the travel, couldn't afford to pay for the gear, the clothes, the shoes, none of that. And, um, Meech said, don't worry about it. Like, we got it, you know, yep. I don't want that to be a hindrance. So we worked it all out to where people would pick me up or Boy Soap would, would pick me up and drop me off at practice, even when it was out in Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody would come and drop me uh, drop me off back home in, in Finneytown. And so I was able to play for um, Meets and Patrick and uh, Coach, Coach C, Coach Callahan, um, yep. for 
I think it was like three years, right? Three, yep. three or four years, three years. Yep. Um, yeah, and uh, and that's really where that's really where basketball was picking up for me because at that point, and um, we were playing, um, you know, we're, we're traveling and playing, and man, it was it's those days that uh, I look back on that sometimes I've forgotten about, but that I appreciate so much riding with the Lowe's in their van and then them letting <laughs> me sleep on the floor in yep. their room. Um, just because I couldn't afford my own hotel room, right. um, you know, just you know, their mom doing the, doing the laundry for me or, or making the snacks and things like that. So, um, you know, that that whole thing kind of when you look at the big picture of my life, like yeah, that was a that was an integral part because my basketball exposure came from that. Like I really got to play. Um, I really, really, really got to play. You know, during the AAU circuit. I mean, that's where like you know, like the you know, lower tier max schools, um, you know, were 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 really starting to catch notice. And right. unfortunately I gave it up my senior year. I'll never forget, man, it's a heartbreaker. I gave it up my senior year to go play football. We were supposed to go play at nationals in Florida. Yep. And they were like, if you go to nationals, you're not playing for Coach Peck said you can go to nationals. Um I I'm not telling you that you're not gonna start. I just can't guarantee it because it wouldn't be fair to all the other people. And then um Sitting down with AU, it's like, man, if you go to Nas, if you miss nationals, like this is the last thing we got. And I, I was in my grandma's front yard when I made the call, toughest call I had to make. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much the end. I of remember my, that. Yep. Yeah, my shining star gig, man. That was that was really really. <laughs> man, that was hard. That was a tough decision, man. I was like, yeah. But but anyway, the gist of the story is, yeah, I played. I, I did get the opportunity to go play AAU. Um, for Meeks, because Meeks took care of um, everything, everything for me. Just to say, you know, um, just to, you know, he didn't want money being a reason for me not to have an opportunity to go do these things. And everybody around it, and it's just, you know, everybody knows. But quick plug, shout out to um, Shining Star, still doing great things. But Thank that you. was the Thank story. You. I mean, I remember yep. we drove up, to, we would drive up to Columbus to go pick up um, hot sauce. <laughs> uh, we drive, drive up to Columbus to go pick him up so he could come, yeah. just come down to a practice, you know, and drop, drive back up to Columbus to drop him off and then come back down, you know. But, you know, the organization that was always willing to do whatever it could to help people and help help kids get an opportunity and a chance. And, you know, now looking at it, when you know, you're always retweeting and seeing kids, you know, former – yeah, I'm like, dang, I didn't know that dude played for uh, – Shining stars, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the that's the story. That's the background. Well, yeah. I, th- I think one thing with you, Greg, it was it was so easy to work with you because your your personality and a lot of times kids, you know, this is our 18th year of of operation for Shining Star, and some kids come to us and they might struggle financially, needing rides, different things. But if they're willing to work with us, they have a great personality, good attitude. It's so easy to work with kids like that, and you were like that. And on top of that, you had so much potential. I think not only potential just on the basketball court, but just potential in life. And as you finish your senior year at St. X, Louisville saw a lot of potential in you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. They did. And uh, my top, I guess my top five schools, if you will, were Michigan State, Tennessee, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, and Louisville. Um, a far cry from a dude who going in there senior year didn't even. I was I was actually taking flight lessons, um, or yeah, I was taking flight lessons, and I because my plan was to enroll into the Air Force 
Um, you know, so my career path initially was I'm going to fly. I'm going to get to the Air Force. I'm going to fly fighter jets. After I get done flying fighter jets, I'm going to be a commercial pilot. I'll fly for Delta. Mm-hmm. When I'm done flying for Delta, I'll retire. I'll have enough money. I'll be good. I'll be set. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might fly private planes when I'm done. And then I found out I was too tall to fly fi- fighter jets. No worries. I'll fly cargo to Germany. Uh, don't. I had it all planned out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, they took their interest. And um, I, I appreciated that school because, you know, we had some we had some. Some, some people try to smooth us with money. We had some people who tried to sell my mom um, and my family on things that were, you know, kind of here nor there. And what got me about Louisville was Coach Cragthorpe and people feel however they feel about him. I'll never discredit him. I'll never say anything bad about him because he gave me a scholarship um, and he took care of me and my mama uh, for the rest of our lives in some way, shape, or form or fashion. But he showed up to our house. We were having Papa John's. He didn't care. Um, showed up to our house, ate pizza, played pool, and when we went on our visit to Louisville, um, the number one thing that they stressed to us was uh, school. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, they didn't care about smoothing us with their with their facilities. Come look at X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah, that's a part of it, but you got to come see this stuff. Papa John's is a Louisville sponsor. You might have that that may have clinched the deal. It may, well, <laughs> Papa John's a little, uh, Papa John's a little sponsor. Uh, they got, but they Papa, got the idea for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but it was, no, it was, so it was a, it was a good deal, man. I was able to go there. Um, I was able to get there and play all four years. I was able to start all four years that I was there. Um, and, you know, I don't know whether that was a good thing or bad thing for the University of Louisville, but they can't take it away now. It's too late. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's too late. But man, that was it was a neat experience. It was cool, and you know that was just a gateway to other things. No doubt. And I mean, you go on and have a great career in the NFL, playing with the Seahawks, and that experience in itself. I mean, you've played on obviously very good teams in Louisville and, and Saint X and all that, but that's Seahawk. That Seahawks experience must have been something else. Yeah, um, I didn't really know what to expect going into the NFL. I just, you know, I, I was just, I was just there. Um, getting drafted was an experience, right? I didn't, I didn't understand the exclusivity of being drafted, right? Um, uh, as I, as I now kind of talk to young people or try to um, encourage them and, and, and educate them or help them out about their lives moving forward, whether it concerns football, it doesn't concern football. Now I start to realize how um, how small uh, of a chance that you have to be drafted and how fortunate I was to have it. At the time, I was pissed, right? When I went into my senior year, I, I was there was talk, there was chat, I was supposed to be a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, two-way player, tight end, DA, first-round pick. You know, as long as I get 10 sacks and so I can catch the ball. And then that kind of withered away. And then I end up, and then draft day, um, I was supposed to be, at that point, I was sitting between like a third and a fourth round pick. No later than fifth, sixth or seventh wasn't even an option, right? And then end up being a, a seventh round pick. And I was pissed at the time until you realize that I think every year there's some odd, like 4,005, you know, I think there's like 4,000, 5,000 eligible players to go into the draft. And 250 get picked, mm-hmm. period. You know, so um, 
being picked by them, um, the draft day story real quick. Um, like, again, I don't know if I ever told you this, Meech, but it was miserable. I picked up it from the time. I know it wasn't going to go in the third round. Fourth round, at three calls. First thing in the morning, make sure you're up because we're going to call. Don't miss the call. No worries. Got up, had all my family at the house at 12 uh, p.m. Immediately, I started pacing up and down the street in front of my house. like a two-mile stretch. I mm-hmm. paced back and forth until 6.36 p.m. Oh, wow. 6.36, yeah. I never went in, not for a drink of water, not for the bathroom, nothing. I paced up and down this street, corner to corner, um, from 12 until 6.36 p.m., and uh, that's when I finally got, got drafted, got taken by the Seattle Seahawks. And, yeah, like I said, I was just out there trying to make a name. It was a cool deal. Um, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a cool team to come into. Uh, me and Russell were drafted together. Me and Bruce Irvin were drafted together. I walked into the door. The first person I met um, next to my director of player engagement was Marshawn. Mm-hmm. And um, oh. you, you can imagine what that intro was like. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was a neat deal being able to go to Super Bowls. And we had so much success playing a lot. Um, you know, I didn't going to the playoffs became normal to me. Um, and I didn't realize how special that was to go to go to the playoffs. I mean, we were uh, my my rookie year. I'm a literally felt the felt the ball across my fingertips from blocking the field goal um, at the at the Falcons in the playoffs um, to go to the NFC Championship game. And then my sec my second year, we won the Super Bowl. My third year, we went back to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It just it just became normal, and the people out there were great. You know, I I really don't know what to say other than playing in the NFL is is that's a cool thing, man. And I don't I don't take uh, I mean I did it. I tried not to take one minute I was on the field for granted. Sure, sure. Well, let me let me run a couple rapid fire things at you here real quick. So yeah, I I know Greg, you're a shoe guy. Yeah, favorite shoe of all time. Just the number, or I gotta give you the, uh, the colorway. You gotta give me the colorway, bro. You gotta give me the whole, um, the whole shebang. Man, you know what? My favorite shoe of all time for me, honestly, are the Kilroy Nines. Um, that was the first. That was the first shoe that I purchased that kicked off my kind of shoe craze, or you know, uh-huh. whatever. I'm, not, I'm, you know, my 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 gig. I, I bought a couple pair when I was in college. Um, I had some true blue. I had some true blue, true blue threes. Had like the like the black cat. I think they're called black cat thirteens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had um, like some infrared threes or something. But I or no, it weren't infrared threes. There was some. There were some fours. I don't know. The, I don't know if they even had a name. It was just red, black, and white fours. And I just I just bought them just because they were nice shoes. It wasn't like I was really appreciating the stores at the time. But Kilroy nines come out. I seen them in the case at a Foot Locker. They told me I had to get in the lottery. I'm like, man, I'm not really a lottery guy. I just want to buy the shoe. And they, you know, somebody made some shake for me, and that's what set it off. So Kilroy Knight. There you go. Super Bowl, this this past Super Bowl here, did you mm-hmm. pick, did you think the Eagles would win? Obviously, you were part of the Patriots organization at one point. Did you think the Eagles would win that game? I did. I thought the Eagles were going to win. Yep. Everybody thought I had my allegiance to the Patriots um, because uh, I won a ring with them. 
Which, yes, I did want to read, but when people say, oh, man, I thought you would be cheering for the Patriots, I said, are the Patriots cheering for me right now? <laughs> that's all I, I, I got to ask y'all, all right? Are the, are the Patriots still rooting for me in life right now? That's all I want right. to know. I okay. Feel, I feel so, uh, that's for them. This they are, Greg. Team. They are. <laughs> <laughs> now, my, my, my last question here, where are the rings? I, I got my rings right here. Say so unlike on my hand, people, well, yeah, I don't I don't wear them. I don't wear them. But unlike most people, who like put them in a safe and things like that. I don't I don't I don't even feel comfortable with that. I feel comfortable with my rings with me at all times. Uh, the only problem with that is security is a pain in the butt at the airport mm-hmm. because they can't see what they they can't see what they are on the X ray scanner. It just looks like a hunk of metal in a box. Mm-hmm. So I almost always get stopped, and I and I try to like bypass the kind of all factor, right? You know, because they they screen your stuff in front of everybody, right? Like anybody walking past, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's my bag. It's just some rings. That's it. Just some jewelry. I usually say it's just some jewelry. But do you mind if I look at it? Like, yeah, go ahead. And they're in boxes that are protected, right? So then they pull out the boxes. I'm like, yeah, that's it. And they're like, well, we have to open up the box. Well, all right, yeah, sure. Open them up and, 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 and compliment a champion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Read it in week. Yeah, yeah. that last name's never going to change on that ring, buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it's never going to change. Read it in week. But Guess who's yeah, not on so the no-fly list? <laughs> who's, got yeah. two, who's got two rings and not on the no-fly list? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, but, but, yeah, but, so that's that. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, uh, qu- quickly, shout out your uh, social media for everyone. Yeah, so uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, at G underscore Scrubs. That's my, oh, that's my only social media. I got rid of Instagram. I got rid of uh, Smart Snapchat. Man. Smart man. It, it, just, it was changing, man. It, it was changing. But um, I do want to shout out Boys Hope, Girls Hope. Um, I sit on the international board. Okay. For all the Boys Hope Girls Hope now, I am the international spokesperson for all the Boys Hope Girls Hope. And, um, you know, we're doing great things. We're changing lives. I just got our, our new readout. We're serving 1,600 kids currently as we speak, including 300 collegians. Oh, um, we've served over, um, we've served over a couple thousand, um, scholars. Um, I mean, the stories are amazing. I'm not asking you to give. I'm not asking people to, to donate. That's not my gig. That's not my goal. I'm just raising awareness. If, you, if you're looking for something to get involved in, if you want to volunteer, if you want to mentor, you want to cook dinner, you want to pop a, a thing of popcorn, this completely nonprofit, privately funded um, program that I am an alumni and a graduate of and I'm proud of. Um, we're sending kids to school. We're taking kids out of um, some, some rough environments, and we're changing mm-hmm. lives. Um, homeless homeless girl in Arizona who was living shelter to shelter to shelter just got a full ride to Penn. Oh, wow. I could go down a list of yeah. stories like that. Um, so, boys, so girls, so thank y'all. You know, if you, if you got anything that you that you want to get behind, please uh, please look look into that uh, because we, you know there there are there are boatload of kids that can use your help. Yep, I I, I agree with you, and, and like I, obviously I know you, but I know other kids that have come out of that program and. I agree with you 100%. And, Greg, listen, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And I'm going to catch up here with you with you soon. I'm going to uh, reach out to you privately. I want to probably uh, highlight your story on something else I'm doing and uh, get you involved. 
For sure. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me at me. I'm in New York. So, man, y'all ever come up to New York, there's plenty of shoot joints. We can go run by real quick. <laughs> you know, uh, it's on you. It's on you. So you just let me know uh, sure. when you want to come. You know, I'll take you to my favorite stores. Okay. You know, I'll pick out my favorite shoes, and then I'll let you, uh, I'll let you just, you know, I'll let you pick them off the rack from, you know, I mean, I, I see, you can I give see. it to me since I was young, and I, I just got to let you continue the tradition. I see how you do, Greg. I see you, man. Hey, man, I I appreciate your time, man. I'm definitely going to reach out to you real soon. All right, man. I'll talk to you. I'll take it easy. All right, Greg. Take care. Take care, man. Thanks for checking out our interview with Greg Scruggs. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NFC Podcast. We will be back with a brand new full episode the week of February 19th. Thanks for listening.